0: welcome to another edition of locked on pelicans the daily podcast covering your favorite team the new orleans pelicans in nba part of the locked on podcast network your team every day available wherever you get your podcast i'm your host pelicans insider credential member of the media jake madison at nola jake on twitter here with you all all on this wednesday day after the draft lottery and the pelicans well they don't get better but they don't get worse They end up with the 10th overall selection. We're going to break down kind of what this means for the offseason going forward. Some other winners and losers and my thoughts on how the lottery played out. And then, by the way, we kind of need to talk about the Suns and the ending to the game last night because, oh, my God, was that an all-time ending that had some weird, funky things going on with it and some lessons, I think, in a way, for the Pelicans to learn by some of the play that we saw out there on the court. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room, formerly Locker Room. Download the app. Join me today at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action. Spotify Green Room changing the way we talk sports. All right, so the draft lottery played out yesterday. We had a fun live show on the Locked On NBA Twitter and uh, YouTube. Sorry, you should give that a follow if you don't already. And also, again, go search Locked On Pelicans and see what you find there, because we'll be moving towards that fairly soon, I think. Um, So the lottery played out, and the Pelicans didn't move down, didn't move up. It went Golden State, Indiana, San Antonio, Charlotte, then New Orleans at 10. All chalk for a little bit you know what? It's not not the worst result. You know, you didn't move down to 11 or 12. I think that's a good thing. But largely, I think guys in the range of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 are kind of all of the same. So I wouldn't call it a good result either way. Dropping from 10 to 11, eh, I think it's kind of a, a pretty similar player when it comes to this draft. So the final lottery order ended up with Detroit at one, moving up a spot, Houston at two, dropping down one, Cleveland moving up two spots to three, the Toronto Raptors making the biggest jump of the night, and then Orlando, Oklahoma City, Golden State, Orlando again, Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, San Antonio, Indiana, and then Golden State. Overall, this is, uh, I think, a pretty good lottery for New Orleans. First, of the five top picks in this draft, four of them are Eastern Conference teams in Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, and Orlando. I think that's a really good thing. Houston at two is better than Houston at one, and them getting the like one guy that everyone really, really loves in this draft in Cade Cunningham, so they don't get you know, as much of a franchise guy as I think they could get otherwise. So when you look at... The way this went, though they didn't move up, it's still good for New Orleans because the right teams jumped up versus, say, Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City is definitely a big loser in all of this. This is a team that is outright tanking, has like 18 draft picks over the next seven years or something like that. And this sets them back a little bit. Being out of the top five, I think, in this draft really, really hurts when you were expecting to be into the top five. And... Sets them back because they're not going to necessarily get as sure of a thing. I think there's four or five guys in this draft that are really, really good to some, you know, there's some disparity between them. But there's five guys, and then I think it really drops off starting around six. There's some depth. You can get solid role players, maybe borderline starters in here, and you could attend, but it's not like... The, the franchise player, the star player to try and build around that you would have gotten in the top four, top five of this draft. And we'll get into big boards and draft picks and all of that stuff, I think, as we get more and more closer to the draft, which we'll do over the next month or so. So it did go poorly for New Orleans. And look, we got a fun and a great meme and gif out of this in Swin Cash when they showed the Pelicans at 10 and her reaction of just like, oh, fine, whatever. I hate this. Um, was pretty, pretty funny, I think, to watch and to see. So, okay, whatever. No, No big deal. And I do like that it's Eastern Conference teams and up at the top. By the way, Detroit has not had the number one overall pick since 1970. They've only had their own pick jump up one time and that is it. That's pretty wild to try and think about. They've had a Memphis pick that jumped up, and that's who they took Darko Milicic with. But their own draft pick, I don't believe, has ever improved in the lottery. So they were probably due for this to a certain degree. I like Sacramento not really jumping up there, too, staying one ahead of New Orleans at nine. You know, that puts them in kind of a weird spot where they don't get a difference maker in this draft, and they want a difference maker in this draft. And they don't get to have that. So that's all of a really great thing to see. You're going to see uh, the Golden State Warriors try and package 7 and 14, I think, for something else. But that's going to really get into what I want to talk about in the next segment. So what do the Pelicans do and how did the lottery kind of impact all of that? So that's coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans before we talk about the Suns. And in particular, the Suns role players is what I want to get to in the third segment of today's show. Before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room, formerly Locker Room. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's a free app to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And I uh, host rooms every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. We had it last week right after Stan Van Gundy was fired. There's always something to talk about. And now that we know where the Pelicans are going to be picking, we can talk draft picks. We can talk trades. I love it. It's basically... Sports Talk Radio, but on demand, in the palm of your hand, that you can more easily get into the conversation rather than calling a switchboard and hoping they put you on top. Um, And it's a lot of fun. You get more access to people who don't work in radio, who can share their thoughts all of it, it's just perfect when there's breaking news, right? When a coach gets fired, when you know who your team might be drafting and where they're going to be drafting and you want to talk about it with the experts or other fans like yourself, you can do it on Spotify Greenroom. And of course, I host rooms every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. We're going to be doing this all off-season except for like one week. So go download the free, lo- uh, free not Locker Room app, but formerly Locker Room app, but Spotify Greenroom app now, currently available on all iOS devices. And be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, And join the NBA group for the latest league updates and follow me. It's at Nola Jake to be notified when my room goes live at Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. I will see you there. Spotify Green Room changing the way we talk sports. So the Pelicans are picking 10th in the draft just over a month away now and. It's not the best spot to be in. As I've said, I think most people look at this draft as there being five guys, maybe six, depending on how you feel about one or two of them. And then it really starts to drop off. Those five or six guys are going to be good. They're going to be borderline all-star level players or, or like a lock like Cade Cunningham seems to be. But after that, while there's depth and maybe you can get more quality guys in the late teens, early 20s. It's not necessarily the most exciting type of players. They're role players who are important, and we'll talk about the importance of role players in the next segment. But it's not anyone that you're like, oh, that's going to be a huge, huge difference maker to me. Nice player to have, certainly. But someone that is going to be like potentially an all-star, I I don't know if you necessarily see that there unless you're taking a chance on some real kind of not boomer bust guys, but more high upside, you know, lower floor kind of guys that have a higher chance of really not working out. And so that puts the Pelicans in a weird position because, look. There's more pressure on this organization now than ever. You just had to fire your head coach. You've had a couple of missteps. There's rumors that Zion is unhappy, and we talked about this on Monday. He should be unhappy. You should be unhappy with this team. We should not be cutting them breaks or trying to defend them on a lot of the decisions that they've made. They deserve all of the criticism. and In a way, kind of need to be held accountable for some of this. So it's really important, I think, that we look at the moves you know, when, when they deserve the criticism, which a lot of the stuff going on with the team does. So because of all of that pressure right now and potentially staring Zion, not necessarily leaving, but there's talk about it. And I wouldn't say it's exactly wrong. You you need to make sure that you get the most value from this 10th pick. And I don't know if that means actually drafting someone at 10. So it likely means the Pelicans are going to look to trade this pick. Maybe include it with someone like Bledsoe or Steven Adams or, or, or a younger player. Not necessarily a Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but maybe more a Kyra Lewis Jr. Maybe not Jackson Hayes, but it just kind of depends on what you get back. And trust me, we're going to be covering all of that and talking all sorts of trades when it comes to this. Um, the, so when you look at it from like that perspective, you've got, you've got to try and trade this pick. And you've got to get someone who can have a more impactful season next year right away. And I think that's what the Pelicans are going to be looking to do. But here's the thing. Other teams are looking to do that, and I just mentioned the Golden State Warriors. They have seven and fourteen in James Wiseman from last year. That package might be more appealing than what New Orleans could build. You know, Wiseman was the second pick last year. That's a really, really big deal he started to show off some really good things. They've got two picks in the top 14 of a d- deep-ish draft, right? Like there's quality guys there. And if teams start to fall in love with players and maybe it starts to get talk of it's deeper than it looks and all of that, they can move that those picks for Superstar and other future first round picks too. So they're gonna be on the trade market looking to move their picks and they've got two, including one that's better than what New Orleans has. Then there's Sacramento, who I think also wants to potentially move one uh, move their pick to try, and, to try and bring in a more impactful player and get into the postseason. They finished with the same record as New Orleans, and at one point looked like they really were going to be into the playoffs. Their pick is slightly better than New Orleans with the 10th spot, and you might not need to attach a bad contract to it, depending, like an Eric Bledsoe or Steven Adams. So when you look at it like that, I don't know if New Orleans is in a great position here if they're looking to trade the pick, given that other teams might as well. Maybe Oklahoma City wants to start cashing in all of those picks that they have, particularly because things didn't really work out well for them in this lottery. And maybe they just like, screw it. We're going to go all in right now. Maybe, maybe not. And then don't forget Toronto and what they might want to do after the last year that they had playing in Tampa the whole year. Maybe they're just like, we're going to get back to the playoffs and become a contender again they have the fourth pick. So I think a lot of teams could be looking to trade out and trade their pick for established guys. And their their pick at least this year is more enticing or their picks this year are more enticing than what New Orleans has. And I think that could hurt the Pelicans on the trade market. Potentially a lot of buyers, right, in this sense or sellers of the picks, but buyers for the players. And that could mean New Orleans is going to have to attach more or try and build a better package and maybe even have to overpay to a certain degree for an impactful established NBA veteran type of player because they need more help like this. They really, really need more help for Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram because last year was a bit of a disaster now that they fired the head coach and now that We've seen some of the pieces really may not fit and you desperately need more shooting on this team. So there's going to be a lot of rumors out there of what New Orleans could trade for, and I'm sure you're making trades in your head. But look, could Sacramento potentially put together a better package in the immediate short-term future? Yeah. What about Toronto? What about the Golden State Warriors? And compare what their offers might be for players that, you know, potentially they want as well that you think New Orleans is trying to look at and bring to the Big Easy. So that's something to really keep in mind that, Though they have a lot of picks, 10 isn't great compared to 9 or 7 or 4 or even 6. And that could hurt New Orleans when it comes to trying to make a move this offseason. So we'll get into the Phoenix Suns and some of the role players that they have and how good some of those guys are and why it's helping them get to a 2-0 series lead over the Los Angeles Clippers, by the way, in one of the most insane games I've ever seen. like You, you could describe that as bat whatever you want to describe it as that's how insane that game was but before we get to that today's episode of locked on pelicans is brought to you by built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar out there i i love these things i eat one of these things every single day they're great for breakfast they're great for before or after a workout i've talked to some people who basically eat one for lunch and they think they're eating a candy bar because not only are they the best tasting protein bar out there they're healthy for you too which is exactly what you want they have nine delicious flavors coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. I love the mint brownies like mint chocolate chip ice cream in protein bar four and actually good for you. But if you want to give them all a try, you can get a mixed box where you're going to get two of each of the nine flavors. And most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories, only four grams sugar and only four grams net carbs. Basically, these things are better than most other bars out there on the market, and they're also the best tasting. You do not need to be miserable when you eat a protein bar, not if you're eating the ones from Built Bar. So go to builtbar.com. Promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code lock 15 for 15% off over at Biltbar.com today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They have in-game betting and you could have just gone nuts and had so much fun betting on all of the different props and line changes and probably cleaned up betting on last night's game between the Suns and the Clippers. That's how insane the end of that game was. But look, you can get in on all the action on basically any sport. MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action as well. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as the playoffs are deep underway these games are already fun make them even more fun by betting on them over at betonline.ag so head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit free money right there like you already won a bet over at betonline.ag when you use the promo code locked on betonline your online sportsbook experts Okay, so today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoyed it. At 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. And oh man, if you didn't watch last night's game between the Suns and Clippers, I don't know what to tell you. It's That's borderline an all-time game. It's borderline an all-time crazy game bat whatever playoff game that we've ever seen with an unbelievable ending and out of timeout essentially play drawn up by Monty Williams for an alley-oop lob to DeAndre Ayton to score with 0.9 seconds left, 0.7 seconds left after he made that to give the Suns a one-point lead after Paul George, who had been kind of good in this game and in the previous series, looking like playoff P, missed two straight free throws to give the Suns a chance. It was it was unbelievable. We talked about it. If you want to know more about this game, if you didn't watch, like, I really encourage you to listen to today's Wednesday's Locked on NBA because I got to really break this uh, game down with my co-host John Corrales. We spent the first segment of the show breaking down the final minute and a half of the game because there's so much stuff in there. There's so much weirdness and craziness. There's literally blood. There's like the soul of the NBA at stake at one point in this on a review and so many reviews. And the review, by the way, Kind of ironic part of this really helped the Phoenix Suns win the game because it allowed them to draw up that final lob play alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton when they wouldn't have been able to do that otherwise because they didn't have any timeouts at that point. This was just just so weird. But one thing, as I've been watching the Suns, and I've really enjoyed watching the Phoenix Suns play... Over the postseason, I really cannot remember a team outside of the Pelicans or when I used to be a Lakers fan from L.A. Um, that I've liked as much as one of those two teams like they are truly something to watch. One of the things that jumps out at you is their role players and what the role players do and how the important the role players are to this team. And look, they just had two home games. Role players play better at home than they do on the road. but Their role players are, are really, really good. You've got a guy like Cameron Johnson who came off the bench 5 of 5 for 11 points. Dario Saric was 4 of 9 for 11 points. You have a guy like Cameron Payne who's kind of been the star of the postseason for them at times. Stepping in when Chris Paul is out and kind of being empowered to step up scoring 29 points leading the Phoenix Suns in this one. Devin Booker was limited in this game. He was 5 of 16 from the field for 20 points. I thought the Clippers did a really good job of defending him without double-teaming him, and it just meant a guy like DeAndre Ayton was allowed to go and do his thing. 12 of 15 for 24 points, 14 boards. He's been kind of a bit of a breakout player as well for the Phoenix Suns in this postseason. There's been a lot written about him recently, and one of the things he said is he's really just focused on like being the best player he can be and in his role with this team. He understands that... It's Devin Booker's team, and Devin is getting comparisons to Kobe Bryant, and they're not incorrect right now, saying that he kind of looks like that type of player. Chris Paul runs the team, right? Runs the offense. We all know what he does because we've seen it for so many years here in New Orleans. He does all of that. DeAndre Eaton doesn't need to be the star. It's actually better for him to be the third best player and step up in spots when he needs to, right? Like when Devin Booker is doubled and all of that, or Devin Booker's the focal point. And it allows him to get free and just do his things. Don't try and do too much. And that's something I think the Pelicans role players at times have maybe struggled with to a certain degree. And why kind of building that in and getting them to understand their roles is so unbelievably important. How many times does Lonzo Ball think he is the primary guy and he needs to shoot step back threes? And they never go in and it's a wasted possession. DeAndre Ayton's not doing something like that. You know campaign when Chris Paul's back, probably for game three, which Clippers, you're down 0-2, and they haven't had Chris Paul in either of these games. When when Chris Paul steps back into the starting lineup, campaign's going to know what his job is, and he's just going to try and do his job and not be like, I'm going to go and do my thing. I think that's such an important thing for these guys to know and to bring in players who understand that and understand that you're a role player. You're not the primary guy. You're a shooter. You're not a shooter, maybe. All of that, and you're seeing it pay off for the Phoenix Suns to a really excellent degree. You know, McCall Bridges is the defending guy, right? Like, he's a defensive guy. He's out there to kind of wreak havoc on that. And don't, don't do too much, right? Don't do more than that, and it will be okay if that's the case. Jay Crowder, be a menace defensively and annoy the hell out of the team. It's okay. He only took three shots. He missed them all, but he only took three, right? It wasn't like he went one for nine or something like that and trying to do more than he should have. He knows what his job is. He knows what his role is. one Moore, be the steady guy that doesn't screw up. Play some solid minutes. You had Devin Booker in this game with seven turnovers. one Moore had zero and at times was the point guard for the team. All of these guys just know their role and they try and really fulfill and succeed in their role. That's a big deal and not something, and something that I think the Pelicans are missing to a certain degree. So, as they look to really kind of turn over this wa- roster and retool it, they need the role players to understand what their roles are. And what what they do best, and empower them to go out and be the best in all of that stuff. I don't think that's something that they've done a great job of. And we can go into that more. Let me ask you. I'm, I'm going to ask you this as a rhetorical question, where we're going to end the show, and maybe we can circle back around to this closer to free agency. Think about the role players on the team, not the starters. And even some of the starters are more role players than stars, right? So don't think about Zion. Don't think about Brandon Ingram. Maybe think about Lonzo Ball. What's their role on the team? Is there a very clearly defined role that you see and did they succeed in that job this past season and that's what I want you know, you guys to ask yourselves And I'm, I think it'd be an interesting discussion Maybe we can talk about this on Locker Room also to, uh, Today as well So that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition Of Locked on Pelicans Thank you all so much for listening Also on the Locked on Today podcast Really, how did the Clippers let the Suns do that Get more of the sports news you need in less time With the Locked on Today podcast Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app Or wherever you get your podcasts As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison At Nola Jake on Twitter Thank you all for listening I'll be back with you all tomorrow next time.